0: <laughs> Minneapolis City. The goals! What what
1: The People's Pitch Podcast. Brought to you by Summit Brewing.
0: Attention, listeners of the universe. Welcome to the People's Pitch, the one and only podcast covering your Minneapolis City, SC. I am your host, Nate, and we are faced with a very rare occasion. John will not be here for most of the show. Uh, hopefully, he'll be calling in later on for uh, to help me finish it out, but uh, so we can hang out for just a quick segment. And then maybe we'll get to the bottom of of what exactly his deal is this week. But tonight's show, it's going to be all city and lower league, and you are just going to eat it up. First of all, we've got our new board, our new member board, and our new board at large. Who are they, and uh, and when should we begin to bow to our overlords? Uh, We've got a stadium update, where to park, where to sit, what to drink, how to drink and then also we want to talk about the strange standards this is something i've been kind of chewing on all week Uh, i want to talk about the strange standards in the npsl north and how does that really stack up against other teams in the npsl and other teams in the midwest and then finally we're going to finish the show up with a merch spotlight that is hopefully when john will be joining us Uh, but let's get started with um, some minneapolis city news they announced the board members this week. We want to give a huge congratulations to David Baker, to Kate Sophia, and to Emmanuel Ortiz. They are going to be joining uh, the likes of Dan, John, uh, Nick, Sint, the three co-owners, uh, three co-founders. I'm sorry, as well as uh, Sarah Schreier on the boards. So we've got a nice, uh, a nice uh, seven-person board rounded out there, and. Let me give you some details. If you're not familiar with uh, with our board system or with, with who we've got on it, uh, David Baker will be our, a re- returning member. This will be his second year on the board. David was one of our first guests. Uh, if you remember from way back when, when we first started this podcast, a little over a year ago. Uh, he is also the founder of the Citizens Supporters Group. And that's that's when we had him on, just to kind of talk a little bit about that. David represents the Crows faction of the supporters. Uh, like I said, he has been with us on the show, uh, with the team, and on the road since day one. He is, uh, according to his bio, according to his, his, uh, his little essay he wrote to run, he's anti-Grumpy Cat, anti-shirt, and pro- Beer. Uh, he promises to uh, continue to communicate openly with the front office and and what's going right and what needs improvement. The only thing we ask is of him is that he he put a goddamn shirt on because uh, taking your shirt off is 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 your Minnesota United thing, David. And uh, we need we need you to just put the crow hat on, the crow face on, and make that make that your thing with us. <laughs> Because we need you to buy some merch. So you need to wear those shirts. Our our second uh, member board member is Kate, Kate Sophia. This is her first year on the board, but she has been a very visible members of the member of the supporters group and a visible member of, of the club in general. Uh, She's always been willing to get involved. She represents the grumpy cats faction of the supporters, (laughs) which is going to be interesting. And she looks to bolster. She's looking to bolster the volunteer and the community service aspect of her mission. And I think that's great. It's important to have someone that really focuses on that. Um, because I think that's one of the things that people really don't don't think is uh, is to the forefront of Minneapolis City's mission. And I know Matt Elder was just out at the Y today helping helping the kids play soccer. It is very important to the point that. We ask, our, we ask our players to to volunteer a certain amount of hours a season. It's nice to get the supporters involved and to give opportunities to our membership at large to be active in the community. And finally, we've got Emmanuel Ortiz. Now, again, Emmanuel, it's his first year on the board. It's his first year as a member. Uh, he was so hyped about being a member of Minneapolis City that he referred the most members to the club uh as of this year so he not only did he get on the bandwagon but he pulled all his friends on with him uh so he seems like a really strong organizer i think that's a i think that's a strength that he's going to be able to bring to the board uh he is enthused about our member owner model and according to him he's he's pumped about how soccer can be a space for community diversity politics and social justice. I agree with him a hundred percent. I am happy to have a little, a little diversity on the board. And I think this adds a level of, a a, a professionalism to our efforts to be an inclusive and galvanizing force in Minneapolis, because Emmanuel has a lot of, uh, a lot of experience as far as, uh, as far as a community organizer. And it's going to be nice to, uh, it's going to be nice to, for him to kind of bring that expertise and to bring his, um, to bring his counsel to to the board, so congratulations to our board members. Really excited to to have a new leadership group at the helm of Minneapolis City. Like I said, they'll be joining uh, the three co-founders, John, Dan, and Nick, as well as uh, uh, Sarah Schreier on our board. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a great year with you guys at the helm. I'm excited to see what Minneapolis City can do. Now, the first thing, of course, Minneapolis City can do is Start playing some damn games. I'm getting a little antsy. Uh, We've had the friendly at Shattuck last week. I wish I would have been there to see. Um, And if you're anything like me, you really can't wait to set foot in our new stadium so we can start cheering on the Crows. This week we have, uh, we got some new details from the club on what to expect at Edward Nelson Field and how to best enjoy your game day experience as a fan. Hint, there will be no surly janitors yelling at you for possibly drinking. So the first question I suppose is, where do I sit? Where am I going to sit in the stadium? Well, if you've never been to Edor Nelson like me, uh, you'll be happy to know that it's general admission, so you can sit anywhere. Unlike the Barnyard, uh, there's going to be there's there are some nice bleachers. It's a college level stadium with some college money, so you're not. You're not going to be in any danger of falling through those rickety shits. Um, It's not going to be quite as nice, probably, as the Blaine National Sports Center. But I think it's going to be close. It's definitely smaller. There will be fewer seats than Blaine. But everyone's going to have a nice space uh, for them to... uh, for them to for them to plop down i think it's going to get real loud because we're going to be pretty close to each other uh the supporters are going to be loud uh, the fans are going to be right down there close to the field i think it's going to be a great experience and supporters speaking of you you're going to be sitting on the west side yeah that's the crypt side closest to minneapolis of course and closest to the bar the viking bar which is the most important thing so if i get to this game you're probably wondering what am I supposed to eat here? Is there going to be concessions? What's the situation? Well, just like last year, food trucks. There will be no shady hot dog vendors. There's going to be no shady hot dog water <laughs> uh, served up in the, in, the, in the makeshift ticket booth. Uh, we're going to have some real ass food trucks here. Uh, one new food truck every week. And if last year's food trucks are any indication that we had at the barnyard uh, this year... Should be we should be in for a treat. Uh, of course, food and drinks will will also be available post game at our buddy bar, the Viking. And don't forget, you'll be able to get a little bit of a discount um, if you uh, if you bring your ticket or your membership card to the Viking after the game. Uh, are we also, we also might have some little Caesars at the game since they're going to be one of our sponsors. It might be nice to be able to offer, offer some pizza. That is uh, that is TBD that is in the works. But if we can just, uh, you know, expand our food horizons and, and, and keep the offerings flowing, I'd be happy about that. Pizza, pizza. So good. <laughs> pizza, pizza, soccer, soccer. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, another thing here of course uh, <laughs> another thing of course you guys are probably wondering is uh so can I have a few dull beverages at this place or what because of the barnyard that was definitely frowned upon uh, and despite our best efforts we were frequently the fans were frequently busted uh, with with their own uh with their own barley pops in in hand so that was of course one of last year's biggest challenges, that ban on alcohol. On uh, Of course, it was a high school, so you can't really blame them. Um, but this year, rather than sneak in a few summits on hot days, and if I remember last year, they did get hot, you can refresh yourself however you see fit, as long as you do it responsibly. So there's all sorts of cool news on this front. Uh, the first interesting point is that we can bring coolers in for a price. So you pay $5.00 if you have a shoulder cooler shoulder cooler i'm going to assume are just those little like those little zippy things that are maybe maybe can hold a six pack or two um but if you've got one of those five bucks and you can take your cooler in no matter what is inside of it also includes like a backpack if you've got like a a cooler backpack or some sort of a uh a camelback from your rave days full of full of red bull vodka that's five bucks uh, the other thing, the other interesting point on this is it's twenty dollars for a big old Roland cooler, and I love this because I assume this is to help mitigate, first of all, the cleanup costs uh, of our, you know, to to clean up after our raucous presence, and also to give Augsburg a little a little extra cash. But I don't know, it's great for a couple of a couple of reasons. Of course, BYO anything anything you can put in the coolers as long as it's not uh, some sort of horrible illicit substance uh, or you're not drinking antifreeze on the premise or any, premises or anything uh, you can put anything in the cooler you can you can drink it there uh, and also I like that it rewards large groups for planning ahead if you want to if you want to all throw down a little bit a little bit extra and and bring in a big old rolling cooler that's only 20 bucks and that means that you guys are gonna stick together you guys are gonna you know your fa- the fan groups are gonna come uh, come prepared and they're not going to be wandering all over the stadium trying to trying to scrounge up a, a spare summit in the, uh, in the fridge, in the shed. So how big of a cooler can you bring? I think this was a legitimate question on Twitter today. I am counting on the citizens to explore the full limits of this cooler admission. Uh, if someone can figure out a way to get a fridge in the damn stadium, uh, <laughs> I will definitely help stock it. I think that would be hilarious. But, uh, of course, don't forget when it's out of when it's out of the coolant a dolly if you're gonna bring a dolly maybe that's gonna cost you an extra hundred dollar rental or something we'll, we'll offer dollies if you can if you if you can bring your fridge to the stadium we'll help you get that fridge into the stadium for an extra an extra hundred bucks or maybe we won't <laughs> uh when the booze is out of the coolers or when your beer is out of the coolers of course we got to keep it in red solo cups uh, or better yet, you can grab a Minneapolis City water bottle from the merch truck. Again, this is just kind of this is just to foster the uh, the pack it in, pack it out kind of mentality. If you're going to bring the cooler full of, full of cans of beer, make sure you're leaving with a cooler full of empty cans of beer, and just uh, you know get rid of your solo cups in the garbages that'll be at the stadium. Hey, I'm pretty pumped about this. I think th- these details are making me even more and more excited. We're going to try all of this out. We're going to have a dress rehearsal coming up on May 5th. And that's when we're going to play a friendly at the Nelly against the U of M men's squad. Make sure you be there. A, uh, a good percentage of that game is going to go uh, to support the U of M men's squad. I think, what is it, 30%? I believe we'll be donating uh, back to them. Through, uh, and that will be... Oh, I'm sorry, $3 from every ticket will be donated. So that's 30%, right? Uh, and we'll maybe do a raffle there as well. So there'll be possibly prizes that we'll be able to give away. Uh, all in the name of giving the U of, M, U of M Men's Club a little extra spending money. Whoop, whoop. Uh, We're also going to give them a shit kicking. So that's if that <laughs> that's a good reason to get there uh, beyond supporting them, then uh, I'm not going to judge you. Now this friendly versus Minnesota it, it is a good it is as good an opportunity to it's a good opportunity to hone the team much like when we did uh, against Shattuck. but it's it raises kind of an interesting question and it's a question that I've seen people have a little bit of discussion around uh, on Twitter and that is are we playing these teams in preseason friendlies because that's the talent level that we really are supposed to be at as an NPSL team wouldn't we be better served Heading to Des Moines again, like we did last year to get us warmed up for the, uh, for the season. And the answer to this is obviously no, but like I said, there's been some conversation that raised this question. First of all, there, there's an obvious answer to this. And John would say the same. We play friendlies to get the team back in shape to get them uh, back from winter and comfortable playing with each other. There are a lot of guys that have never, never met, never played with each other before. And and we want to kind of get them gelling as a unit. Uh, But also we want to, we want to see, we want to show the coaches what's, what's happening. The coaches are going to do evaluate what's happening on the field, evaluate the talent and build that opening day lineup to be as uh, impactful and powerful as possible. So this, this centers around one... This whole discussion, really, centers for me around one increasingly popular position for the fans of our opposition, and that is, is Brian Coleman too good for the NPSL? And it's... it's They, they think it's just not fair that we have a player on our roster less than a year removed from NASL play. Is it not fair? Well, I'm going to say it is fair. This, this whole... This whole line of argument is rooted in this misconception that the NPSL is a league for for kids, for college players to come back and play in the summer, uh, or college players that are just out of school that are that are trying to kind of move up, move up in the leagues and make a name for themselves. And that's just not true. The PDL—that's the league with the with the U twenty three rules, and that's the league that actually has the strong connections to the. To the to the MLS and to to teams higher up, um, we can field the team of octogenarians if we want in the NPSL. Will it be uh, Will it be competitive at all? Obviously not. But we can do whatever we want with our roster. It doesn't have to be only young guys. It we can sprinkle in some old guys if we want. That's fine. Less seriously, I think that the older player playing on a team it's a great tradition of American in American soccer. I think the almost too old player that kind of rides off into the sunset on his own terms, we see that happening all the time. From Steven Gerrard to uh, Frank Lampert to Tim Howard even this year, the list goes on. And the fact is that a soccer player, or really any athlete for that matter, is rarely ready to give up on the game that they love. I'm not really going to, like, I'm not going to begrudge them that. But I definitely get that when they sign with your rival, Duluth, it can be a source of jealousy. In my opinion, I think talent is talent, is talent no matter the age and the experience level. And Minneapolis City, friends, is going to need players like Coleman, like Dan O'Brien, like the Brown brothers even, to compete once we reach our goal of getting into the postseason—that's what this league is about. This league is about winning. We are—we are a team. Minneapolis City is a team to win, and I know John will tell you that, Dan will tell you that, all of our coaching staff will tell you—we're here to win. Developing players and giving them an opportunity to—to uh, to move on in their in their professional careers is a happy byproduct of that. Um, you know, we're giving them the experience of being on a winning team so that they can move on and continue that, continue that mentality. Winning fosters player growth. Look at Steve last year. This is a guy that, uh, straight or goose, even both guys straight out of high school on a, all of a sudden thrown into a competitive environment and they rose to the challenge. And now they're doing great things, um, at their school. They're going to come back and do great things for us again in the summer. Um, when you go into college or when you, when you go into college as game ready as they were, um, you know, all ahead of their 18-year-old counterparts, it's only going to make them look better. And that that's, like I said, just a healthy byproduct of putting to, putting together a winning formula on the field, right? Steve came out with his Twitter identity, a healthy, brought, healthy byproduct of being on a winning team. It's part of branding. Winning is all about your brand. So if you, as a fan of another team, think that we're OP'd for the league, that we're overpowered for the league. Wait until you start to see the Detroit cities. Wait until you go up against Chattanooga or the Brooklyn Italians or the Atlanta Silverbacks, uh, or AFC Cleveland. These are the, these teams do not mess around. These teams are in it for the long haul. These teams are also in it to win and they're not going to play down to your level just because you're from, uh, you know, outstate Minnesota or a small town of Wisconsin. It's just not gonna happen. They are gonna stomp you into the ground because it is what these teams have been bred to do. This is um for us, this is a dress for the job that you want scenario. It's not a dress for the job you have scenario. It's up to each team in their market, no matter who they are, to decide what kind of what kind of approach is really going to end up getting butts in the seats. We, we as Minneapolis city are in the position of fighting for dollars and fighting for time with Minnesota United. So we took this angle of, of fielding a competitive team, but, but, and we did it by going all local. And it just so happens that that lines up pretty well with what people want to be a part of, whether they're, um, Whitney Brown, or whether they're Miles Stockman-Wills, or whether they're Tim Wills, right? They want to be a part of a club that represents the community. It's it's good for us that we've got a front office, a roster, and a fan base that is attractive to the best non-pro players in the state. You can't blame us for that. It's what everyone wants, and you're and you're crazy if you think that that's not what your team that you support wants. One day, hopefully, city is going to be like Detroit or Chattanooga, and we're going to be drawing big, big crowds. Detroit has an operating budget right now of like a million dollars. Ours right now only thirty to forty thousand, but one day we want to be like that. Uh, and when we start drawing big crowds like that, those crowds demand results. So we need to build our team now. And start that winning tradition at the ground level like Detroit City had. Uh, like I said, it's dress for the job you want, not for the job you have. Um, and that that's just the long term. That's just thinking about like years down the road. Uh, in the short term, think about what we're trying to do. We're preparing to win our division. We're preparing to get into the playoffs in our first year in the NPSL. Uh, and... We're going to hit the U.S. Open Cup in its stupid face next year with another when we win another bid. So that's just short-term stuff. I think the, the mysterious NPSL Northerner, if I'm going to look it up, the mysterious NPSL Northerner said it best this week on Twitter. Um, even though we're probably, as Minneapolis City is probably favored to win the conference, the rest of the NPSL Midwest teams are on a whole other plateau than, than we'll have seen. Over the course of the season, when it comes to talent, when it comes to experience, when it comes to preparedness for making a run into deep into the playoffs, I mean, if you think about how we performed against Oakland and how we prepped for that U.S. Open Cup draw, um, that's going to be nothing. Oakland is nothing compared to some of these teams, and they fought like hell against us. I can only imagine what's going to happen when we go up against a Chattanooga or or we go up against Atlanta or AFC Cleveland, who I think might've won the league last year. Um, you know, these guys are ready. These guys are going to be, these guys are going to be prepped and they're going to take this about as seriously as, as they can. I mean, look at the Bavarians last year. They, they, they won the, just the PLA uh, conference that we were in and, but it's all, it's all for the sake of building up and continuing on, and to make a deep run into that, uh, into that amateur cup. Into that amateur cup, they come to play and they kick, they kicked our ass the second time they play. Um, and we want to be like that one day. No, we want to take no prisoners. And you know what? If your team isn't preparing at that level, uh, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I feel bad for you. And I feel bad for your fellow fans. If your team isn't prepared to take being a team and take winning seriously to the point where you're going to, you're going to make your philosophy known, you're going to put your, you're going to put your best product on the field and you're going to attract the kind of talent that you're going to, if you can't attract the Brian Coleman's and the Dan O'Brien's, um, You know, that sucks. That's something to build for. I mean, that's your, there's your short term or your long term goal. But in the meantime, you know, don't, don't begrudge us, uh, you know, our player signings because, you know, while you're out there signing the remnants from FC Fargo, we're going to be, we're going to be pulling together the best, the best players in the state. I mean, Eris signed a boy that's 16. I mean, that's not going to cut it. Uh, You know, you got (laughs) to, you got to get better than that. So, is Brian Coleman too good for the NPSL? Maybe. Probably. But this league isn't about giving our competition a fair shake. This is a league for aspiring teams, as somebody said, uh, replied on Twitter. This is a league for aspiring teams, not necessarily players. And in our second year, Minneapolis City's aspirations and goals are as high as ever. This is a team that I want my son to play for one day, and that's not going to happen unless we start this tradition of winning with the best players possible. And I don't think any Minneapolis City supporter or any Minneapolis City uh, player, coach, or or owner should apologize for that. If you guys have any thoughts on that, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. I think uh, you know. I think I'm just tired of seeing this discussion over and over again. Week in and week out. Uh, We're going to get the best players possible and you're going to have to suck it. You're going to have to deal with it. Hey, oh, and what's this? Uh, John is calling on the Google Hangouts. Uh, He's joining me now. Let Let me click over here and we will get John on the line and continue the show. All right. John is with me. John is with us. John, it is great to be able to connect for the show, if only for a brief moment. What is going on in your life that you are mostly MIA this week? Uh, I am actually
1: going on vacation to the beautiful city of Fountain Hills, Arizona, population unknown and uh, (laughs) average age of resident 75. Oh, that should be lovely. Going to visit my parents, uh, taking the the boy for his first plane ride, see how that goes. Um, But then I'll be back and raring and ready to go next week when we talk even more city.
0: Cool. You going to play some golf down there? Are you much of a golfer, John?
1: I am a golfer. Uh, I'm also a foot golfer. Fun fact, I am the second place finisher in the first ever Minnesota foot golf open. So really? I, yeah, I, uh, I came in second and it was funny too, because it was actually a tour, uh, for the United States foot golf association. It was like their Minnesota stop, like our state tournament. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, uh, summit was sponsoring it. And what they did was they, they invited a bunch of the Stegman's guys out. So you had all these foot golfers and you had all these soccer players and of the top 10 finishers, the third place guy behind me was 11 shots behind me. and i and i was um three shots behind another segment uh ross coors who plays on um our first division masl team and then it was all segments guys below that third place guy and they were so pissed like they (laughs) like this is their like the super bowl of their of their you know their month where they get to go state to state and we just house these guys (laughs) and the thing was is we're like Drinking backpacks full of beer
0: the whole time, and we're all loaded, and we're just kicking the living shit out of these guys. They're just taking it super seriously. It feels like you'd have the skill set to do well at foot golf, that like if you'd if you never played soccer, it's probably not something you're going to be that great at. You know, it's interesting,
1: because they're used to kicking a soccer ball at something stationary, like a hole, like a golf hole, Yeah. where we're used to kicking a ball at something moving and avoiding something trying to stop us from kicking a ball, so it gets pretty easy for us. Uh, when, when <laughs> things aren't moving and these guys were just, like I said, they were so pissed and then afterwards I tried to share some beers with them and they just left.
0: Oh, poor, more for us. So losers, more for us. Well, listeners, right, exactly. if, if you're like John or I, your closet is already full of city gear and with the United gear that's running kind of the gamut from expensive to tacky, you might be wondering the same thing that we are. Are there other teams and companies that are on point as Minneapolis City? So in the spirit of uh, non-league brotherhood, we're going to bring you reviews of the fine habiliments from around the NPSL and beyond. John, you've got two uh, two clubs to talk to us about today, and the first one is Tobacco Road, right? Yeah, Tobacco Road. Uh, you know, like we were doing before
1: with... Uh... Stockade and with um, – who else do we – oh, and FC Cincinnati mm-hmm. kind of scouring the internet, trying to find this, these cool apparel um, shops for these non-league teams or these lower-level le- league teams, and just stumbled across these guys, and they're really interesting because they're, they're in Durham, North Carolina, which is – where the home of the Durham bulls, the triple a baseball team. And if anyone is a movie buff, a, a great Kevin Costner film yeah. in bull, in bull Durham and their, their iconic logo of the actual bull that they use for the baseball team is something that they incorporated in their logo. Uh, recently they were, um, two years ago, addition to the MPSL and they play in the South Atlantic conference and they just got really cool stuff. And I, uh, actually order my my t-shirt and found out that kind of things fell through the cracks as they do in non-league soccer front offices and my shirt didn't arrive oh. but it did yesterday so perfect timing uh, before I went off to my vacation and classic black tea very similar to what we uh, have in quality for the Minneapolis City gear but awesome cool logo on the front and really cool guys to work with you know the, the owner of the team emailed me personally to apologize and then they overnighted
0: everything to me so it was uh, it was pretty cool It's such a cool name tobacco road FC um, you know it automatically brings some character to their to their club
1: yeah you know and they're much like our Stegmans, um, you know, Stegmans 77, which was our, the new name of our first division team that was, was Stegman City. But they had a rich history in the North Carolina men's division, very similar to that, you know, winning a, a couple titles. Um, started, they, they started out in 2005, and um, they did what we did, and they and they decided to go with a full amateur team. And um, like I said, really cool guys to work with, cool name, cool logo. I really uh, think you guys should check them out. You can check them out at TobaccoRoadFC dot com, and then you can kind of tool around and learn more about them and and check out their shop.
0: Sweet man. And what's the other? What's the other team? Another one. This is a team that you know is close to my uh, close to my nerd sensibilities. <laughs> um, yeah, yes, very much so because it incorporates
1: a dragon. Mm. Um. So <laughs> the Burlington ha- <laughs> <dun, dun>, <laughs> Yeah, it's just around the corner, right? Yep. Um, so the Burlingham Dragons uh, are from um, California, Burlingham, California. They were founded in 2014, and they are actually the PDL affiliate of the San Jose Earthquakes. So um, they're a suburb of San Francisco, so probably a little Silicon Valley spillover in uh, in Burlingham. But they, uh, as you can imagine, uh, cool iconic dragon logo for their gear, yeah. and um, really cool bright green, like uh, kind of a... Uh, I don't know what you would call that an evergreen.
0: Yeah, it's or, real green. Uh, or, it's no, real... actually, it's
1: Ke- uh, Kelly green. Okay. And they, um, yeah, like I said, they uh, they're just cool, man. I'm I'm really glad we kind of stumbled upon them. Um, they are very successful um, as far as the PDL is concerned. Um, I'm I'm kind of looking it up right now as we speak here. Their uh,
0: website is really nice for a for a lower league team. Like you and I talk about how most of these websites are pretty close to hot garbage and this one is uh this one's real classy great photography great design the only thing
1: that they lack is in um their their actual jersey sponsorship uh or their jersey apparel it it just it looks kind of kind of cheap but all their other gear is really really cool and they uh were sponsored by playstation last year (laughs) that would be a sweet kit to wear yeah, I mean, you can actually go online now and you can get the you can get the jersey. Um, and they uh, the the new one for this year doesn't have any sponsorship on it, but it's a it's a pretty cool kind of um, you know uh, pinstripe jersey with um, the their logo kind of um, you know offset on the side and uh, really cool looking design. You can tell that from their website, as you mentioned, that they they ha- they know what they're doing. They they have um, you know. A designer in house doing some stuff like we do,
0: which is good. Some of that might have to do with some of that sweet, sweet affiliate money, but other, you know, it might also be some sweet, sweet Silicon Valley money or some uh, just some talent, just just pride in their work out there in San Francisco. Yeah, it totally could be. Who knows? Good luck, Burlingham Dragons. <laughs> so where do they? So you look those up. I mean, they have a shop, I guess, a Shopify shop. So it's kind of a long uh long address, but I guess if you just can uh Google the Burling Burlingame Dragons, it's like yeah. uh B-U-R-L-I-N-G-A-M-E, Burlingame Dragons, you'll find some sweet gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely uh, will. Some other sweet gear that I found is uh from Virginia Beach City F C. And they play in NP the NPSL's Northeast um, mid-Atlantic Conference, Northeast Division mid-Atlantic conference, um, in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So that's like right at the mouth of the Chesapeake Bay and the James river. Nice beaches, like real sweet, uh, real sweet area. Plus so much history. We love our history. Um, it's a huge organization, this Virginia Beach city. They sponsor like a women's team, a youth program. So I feel like they're pretty similar to, uh, to the Des Moines menace in that, in that way. Well, they are. They're much like Berlin
1: game. They in the PDL. It's uh, I don't know if it's mandatory, but it's definitely uh, encouraged with a, a, a you know a, a twisting of the arm behind the back. That you have the women's division, and then you have the the youth system.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, so there's all sorts of a there's all sorts of great great stuff going on on their website, and I love the gear, and it's all based around this logo. Like the logo is is so crisp. Like the, first of all, the black, purple, yellow color scheme. I'm really digging. Um, I love that. It's a trident. It's a real cool trident. And I get some serious nerd vibes from that, of course, (laughs) you know, um, but it's, it's super powerful, super clean, and it it looks good on a purple shirt. It looks good on a black shirt. Uh, I'm personally going to, going to go with the purple shirt with the logo. Uh, if anyone wants to check it out, I highly recommend a cool, uh, cool shirt oh there's a nice hat too so if you're more of a hat guy like you are John um, you can get that sweet Virginia Beach City logo on the hat uh, black or purple you can get that at vbcityfc.com I'm really into it um, what another thing I'm really into is Salford City FC so we're going across the pond for this one to a lower league English team Salford is a suburb of Manchester and Uh, They are called the Ammies because of the amateurs. And they play in this thing called the National League North, which is like the sixth tier of uh, English soccer's very expansive pyramid. And uh, it took I don't know where I saw it or how I stumbled upon this team. Um, But I I saw the logo somewhere and I had to had to do a little research. Again, it's another instance of a logo um, roping me in. And it's super strong. It's just a lion. I'm a lion head. And, it's, it's, so it's, and I like that. I like that it's kind of an obscure team. So that's two of my favorite qualities. Like I can wear something that I know no one else uh, will, will likely have. And it's also kind of visually striking. The lion face is really simple. It's really bold. It's not at all cartoony. Um, it's, it's really angly and, and most important of all, it's, it's really unique. I've never seen a lion logo that looks quite like this. Um, it was kind of hard to find a shop for them, but I found one and you can buy kits, you can buy sweatshirts, you can buy all sorts of stuff for Salford City FC. Uh, so support lower league soccer, uh, across the pond, uh, in England. You can find it on Umbro's UK site. So if you go to umbro.co.uk, um, and you search for Salford City, you'll find the whole store there. Otherwise it's real hard to find from their, uh, from their website. So I would, uh. If you're gonna do a little research on them, go to their website. But if you're gonna buy their stuff, go straight to Umbro. Um, I
1: um I actually do know Nate what where you saw the logo from. The reason why you saw the logo is because they're actually owned by um, a minority ownership by um, a few names you may have uh, known or heard of in in professional soccer, Manchester United former players Ryan Giggs, Gary Neville, Phil Neville paul Scholes oh, and and nicky butt so the class of 92 the famous class of 92 minus beckham um they own each 10 of salford city
0: no shit so this is this is like a team that's right up your alley because i know you're a huge gigs guy um obviously paul Scholes is embedded in our in our intro uh you're this is this is this should be your squad john It is now.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, so 50% of the ownership is owned by um, the original owner um, from 2005. Uh, Not the original owner, but the the most recent owner in 2005. And in 2014, um, when news kind of broke that these guys were looking to uh, maybe purchase a a team, they they actually had a a charity match against the class of 92, including Beckham. Oh, sweet. so you probably picked up from, um, you know, from somewhere on the internet connected to one of those guys that, uh, you know, and then the logo kind of happened and and
0: uh, you go from there. You yeah, definitely there. a striking visual that, uh, you know, leads us, just like all these teams, you kind of get led into like a, a, a deeper, better story mm-hmm. uh, just just from their quality gear and their quality, quality merchandising. I, I did find...
1: Um, so Peter Lim is the, is the majority owner and he is also the, uh, mi- um, min- minority owner of Valencia. So that's actually where, uh, Gary Neville, um, uh, uh, was a, his first management job was with Valencia. Oh, so, uh, it's all probably, connected. yeah, probably some inside baseball going on there, but that's pretty cool that this, this team is owned by some, some pretty big names and, uh, you know that's pretty cool. One day, maybe City will be owned by Steve and AJ and AO. <laughs> <A>. <laughs> Big Game James will take over from from Dan and Nick and I. That would be hilarious. <laughs> um, so that's all we have for tonight's show, folks. Thank you so much for letting me hop on virtually but we figured we'd borrowed enough time from last week's episode to make this one kind of a quickie thanks always to our sponsor summit brewing company it's officially here folks spring uh check out the new spring saison it's in full effect it's a traditional belgium saison it's the latest in their unchained series which is amazing summit go get some as the details about uh, about game day and team roll in, membership for 2017 has never looked even sexier. Um, they're on sale now. $60 gets you a season pass, a fancy new membership scarf, and the ability to make what we created your own. And of course, Nate, so, so, so much soccer this summer. If you're not quite sure you want to come for a full season, you got a busy summer, you want to hit that lake house going to go to Disneyland or something, uh, or you're just lame, single game tickets are on sale now. $8 gets you in the door if you buy ahead of time. 10 bucks gets you in the door, at the door. Uh, head on over to MPLSCitySC.com and get whichever entry method you want for the fun today. Whew. Minneapolis City is out on the town helping kids connect to this fine sport. But we need your help, folks. We need the support of the people. We are the people's club. If you're looking to align yourself with a fine group that loves to give back, you're in luck. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that does good on and off the pitch by providing those less fortunate a safe, reliable place to play the beautiful game. It's never too early to get those tax donation deductible donations on the books. Consider giving to the club that gives back. If you want to get a hold of us, myself, and Nate, we've made it easy for you. You can do so on Twitter, at The People's Pitch, or through our email, which once again you never do, mcscpodcast (laughs) at gmail.com. All questions and comments and concerns are welcome. Like I said, you never do that, so whatever. First time for everything. And finally, as always, you can hit up the club at Mpls City SC. Again, that is all for this week. We look to get back next week with some more soccer, banter, and maybe another guest in studio for a chat. We're going to leave you with some brand new hotness from our house band. Go get em, Tiger. This is Highway 9. I am John. That is Nate, and you are the fans. Enjoy your week folks peace you got hoofed